Good morning, friends. Today is Tuesday, June 9th, 2020. We are in proper five of the season after Pentecost. Today, we commemorate St. Columba. Our readings for today are Psalm Psalm 61 and 62, Ecclesiastes 8, 14 through 9, 10, and Galatians 4, 21 through 31, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 15, verses 29 through 39. God is spirit, and those who worship must worship in spirit and in truth. Dearly beloved, we have come together in the presence of Almighty God, our Heavenly Creator, to set forth God's praise, to hear God's holy word, and to ask for ourselves and on behalf of others those things that are necessary for our life and our salvation and so that we may prepare ourselves in heart and mind to worship God, let us kneel in silence, and with penitent and obedient hearts confess our sins, that we may obtain forgiveness by God's infinite goodness and mercy. God of all mercy, we confess that we have sinned against you, opposing your will in our lives. We have denied your goodness in each other, in ourselves, and in the world you have created. We repent of the evil that enslaves us, the evil we have done, and the evil done on our behalf. Forgive, restore, and strengthen us through our Savior Jesus Christ, that we may abide in your love and serve only your will. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on us. Forgive us all our sins through the grace of Jesus Christ. Strengthen us in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life. Amen. O God, let our mouth proclaim your praise and your glory all the day long. The Holy One is in our midst. O come, let us worship. Come, let us sing to God. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before God's presence with thanksgiving and raise to God a shout with psalms. For you are a great God. You are great above all gods. In your hand are the caverns of the earth, and the heights of the hills are yours also. The sea is yours, for you made it and your hands have molded the dry land. Come, let us bow down and bend the knee, and kneel before God our Maker. For you are our God, and we are the people of your pasture and the sheep of your hand. Oh, that today we would hearken to your voice. The Holy One is in our midst. Oh, come, let us worship. Psalm 61. Hear my cry, O God. Listen to my prayer. From the end of the earth I call to you. When my heart is faint, 
Lead me to the rock that is higher than I, for you are my refuge, a strong tower against the enemy. Let me abide in your tent forever. Find refuge under the shelter of your wings. For you, O God, have heard my vows. You have given me the heritage of those who fear your name. Prolong the life of the king. May his years endure to all generations. May he be enthroned forever before God. Appoint steadfast love and faithfulness to watch over him. So I will always sing praises to your name as I pay my vows day after day. Psalm 62 For God alone my soul waits in silence. From God comes my salvation. God alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall never be shaken. How long will you assail a person? Will you batter your victim, all of you? As you would a leaning wall, a tottering fence. Their only plan is to bring down a person of prominence. They take pleasure in falsehood. They bless with their mouths, but inwardly they curse. For God alone my soul waits in silence. For my hope is from God. God alone is my rock and my salvation. My fortress, I shall not be shaken. On God rests my deliverance and my honor. My mighty rock, my refuge, is in God. Trust in God at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before God. God is a refuge for us. Those of low estate are but a breath. Those of high estate are a delusion. In the balances they go up. They are together lighter than a breath. Put no confidence in extortion, and set no vain hopes on robbery. If riches increase, do not set your heart on them. Once God has spoken, twice I have heard this. That power belongs to God, and steadfast love belongs to you, O God. For you repay all according to their work. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from Ecclesiastes, chapter 8, verses 14 through chapter 9, verse 10. There is a vanity that takes place on earth, that there are righteous people who are treated according to the conduct of the wicked, and there are wicked people who are treated according to the conduct of the righteous. I said also that this is vanity. I said that this also is vanity. So I commend enjoyment, for there is nothing better for people under the sun than to eat and drink and enjoy themselves. For this will go with them in their toil through the days of life that God gives them under the sun. When I applied my mind to know wisdom and to see the business that is done on earth, how one's eyes see sleep neither day nor night, then I saw all the work of God, that no one can find out what is happening under the sun. However much they may toil in seeking, they will not find it out. Even though those who are wise claim to know, they cannot find it out. All this I laid to heart, examining it all, 
how the righteous and the wise and their deeds are in the hand of God. Whether it is love or hate, one does not know. Everything that confronts them is vanity, since the same fate comes to all, to the righteous and to the wicked, to the good and to the evil, to the clean and to the unclean, to those who sacrifice and those who do not sacrifice. As are the good, so are the sinners. Those who swear are like those who shun an oath. This is an evil in all that happens under the sun, but the same fate happens to everyone. Moreover, the hearts are all full the hearts of all are full of evil. Madness is in their hearts while they live, and after that they go to the dead. But whoever is joined with the living, with all the living, has hope, for a living dog is better than a dead lion. The living know that they will die. But the dead know nothing. They have no more reward, and even the memory of them is lost. Their love and their hate and their envy have already perished. Never again will they have any share in all that happens under the sun. Go, eat your bread with enjoyment, and drink your wine with a merry heart, for God has long ago approved what you do. Let your garments always be white. Do not let oil be lacking on your head. Enjoy life with the wife whom you love, all the days of your vain life that are given you under the sun, because that is your portion in life and in your toil at which you toil under the sun. Whatever your hand finds to do, do with your might, for there is no work or thought or knowledge or wisdom in Sheol to, where, to which you are going. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle B, a song of pilgrimage. Before I ventured forth, even while I was very young, I sought wisdom openly in my prayer. In the forecourts of the temple I asked for her, and I will seek her to the end. From first blossom to early fruit, she has been the delight of my heart. My foot has kept firmly to the true path. Diligently from my youth have I pursued her. I inclined my ear a little and received her. I found for myself much wisdom and became adept in her. To the one who gives me wisdom will I give glory, for I have resolved to live according to her way. From the beginning I gained courage from her. Therefore I will not be forsaken. In my inmost being I have been stirred to seek her. Therefore have I gained a good possession. As my reward, the Almighty has given me the gift of language, and with it will I offer praise to God. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from Galatians chapter 4, verses 21 through 31. Tell me, you who desire to be subject to the law, will you not listen to the law? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by a slave woman and the other by a free woman. One, the child of the slave, was born according to the flesh. The other, the child of the free woman, was born through the promise. Now this is an allegory. These women are two covenants. One woman, in fact, is Hagar from Mount Sinai. 
bearing children for slavery. Now Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia and corresponds to the present Jerusalem, for she is in slavery with her children. But the other woman corresponds to, Jerus to the Jerusalem above. She is free, and she is our mother. For it is written, Rejoice, you childless one, you who bear no children. Burst into song and shout, you who endure no birth pangs. For the children of the desolate woman are more numerous than the children of the one who is married. Now you, my friends, are children of the promise, like Isaac. But just as at that time the child who was born according to the flesh persecuted the child who was born according to the spirit, so it is now also. But what does the scripture say? Drive out the slave and her child. For the child of the slave will not share the inheritance with the child of the free woman. So then, friends, we are children, not of the slave, but of the free woman. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle N, A Song of God's Love Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. Whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this the love of God was revealed among us, that God sent their only Son into the world, so that we might live through Jesus Christ. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that God loved us, and sent God's Son that sins might be forgiven. Beloved, since God loved us so much, we ought also to love one another. For if we love one another, God abides in us, and God's love will be perfected in us. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Holy Gospel of our Savior Jesus Christ, according to Matthew. Glory to you, Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter 15, verses 29 through 39. After Jesus had left that place, he passed along the Sea of Galilee, and he went up the mountain where he sat down. Great crowds came to him, bringing with them the lame, the maimed, the blind, the mute, and many others. They put them at his feet, and he cured them so that the crowd was amazed when they saw the mute speaking, the maimed whole, the lame walking, and the blind seeing, and they praised the God of Israel. Then Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion for the crowd, because they have been with me now for three days and have nothing to eat, and I do not want to send them away hungry, for they might faint on the way. The disciples said to him, Where are we to get enough bread in the desert to feed so great a crowd? Jesus asked them, How many loaves have you? They said, Seven, and a few small fish. Then ordering the crowd to sit down on the ground, he took the seven loaves and the fish, and after giving thanks, he broke them and gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the crowds. And all of them ate and were filled, and they took up the broken pieces left over seven baskets full. Those who had eaten were four thousand men, besides women and children. 
After sending away the crowds, he got into the boat and went to the region of Magadan. The Gospel of Jesus Christ. Praise to you, Jesus Christ. Let us affirm our faith together. We believe in God, the nurturer and teacher, from whom is named every family in heaven and on earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, begotten of divine love, who lives in our hearts through faith and fills us with that love. We believe in God, the Holy Spirit. She strengthens us with power from on high. We believe in one God, source of all being, love incarnate, spirit of truth. Amen. Hear our cry, O God, and listen to our prayer. Let us pray. Our Creator in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your sovereignty come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the sovereignty, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. We'll use Suffrages Set A, beginning on page 97 of the Book of Common Prayer. Show us your mercy, O God, and grant us your salvation. Clothe your ministers with righteousness. Let your people sing with joy. Give peace, O God, in all the world, for only in you can we live in safety. God, keep this nation under your care and guide us in the way of justice and truth. Let your way be known upon earth, your saving health among all nations. Let not the needy, O God, be forgotten, nor the hope of the poor be taken away. Create in us clean hearts, O God, and sustain us with your Holy Spirit. O God, from whom all good proceeds, grant that by your inspiration we may think those things that are right, and by your merciful guiding may do them. Through Jesus Christ, our God, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. O God, the author of peace and lover of concord, to know you is eternal life and to serve you is perfect freedom. Defend us, your humble servants, in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in your defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries, through the might of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Heavenly Creator, giver of life and health, comfort and relieve your sick servants, and give your power of healing to those who minister to their needs, that those for whom our prayers are offered may be strengthened in their weakness and have confidence in your loving care. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.
Almighty God, who created us in your own image, grant us grace fearlessly to contend against evil and to make no peace with oppression, and that we may reverently use our freedom. Help us to employ it in the maintenance of justice in our communities and among the nations. To the glory of your holy name, through Jesus Christ our Savior, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Almighty God, kindle, we pray, in every heart the true love of peace, and guide with your wisdom those who take counsel for the nations of the earth, that in tranquility your dominion may increase until the earth is filled with the knowledge of your love. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. So, my thoughts on our readings for today. Starting with the Psalms. We have again the theme of hearing and listening and being in stillness to hear God's voice. And that is something that has come up in conversation a lot with my my inner circle of of prayerful friends lately and it's very difficult to do in this time a few suggestions that I might have are and they're they're not (laughs) they're not all of my own devising Um, I have so much help from from my spiritual director, my friends, and other advisors in my life. But to ground ourselves first in God's love, to tell ourselves over and over again in our own voices, even literally recording and playing the messages back to ourselves, the words that we need to hear. It helps to to repeat a mantra, a favorite or particularly resonant verse of scripture or, um, or other words. And then when you get to the place where, as the psalmist says, God is a refuge for us. Actually, let's read, let's read that verse, verse 8. Trust in God at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before God. God is a refuge for us. I believe that, that God is the only true safe place. 100% all of the time. We come to God and God is a worthy repository for all of our feelings. We can entrust God with everything that we have, 
with the good, the bad, and the ugly, as they say. And God's response will always be the right response. Even there are very few people that we can trust with our stories, with the sacred stories of our lives and our experiences and our feelings. And then among that small percentage, the percentage goes down to zero when we add the additional caveat that they must always respond in the way that we need them to. People are human and failable. But God is not. So whatever we need to do, grounding, preparation, particular prayers, I find the liturgy particularly helpful. We get to that place where before God, we really can feel, and I mean, by feel, I mean that knowing that is in the fibers of your being. So more than feeling, um, tangible knowing maybe would be a good phrase to describe it. God's love. Then from that place, praying open the pathway between us and God, protecting with the shield and power of our souls, our divine essence, created of the very same stuff that God is made of. We shield that path, that it is a conduit between us and God alone. And I know this sounds particularly difficult. My son finds it really difficult. He's like, it's hard enough for me to hear anything spiritually, let alone filter it to make sure it's God. And I get that, but I also know from experience that the Holy Spirit will take what we have and make it enough. So when we declare our intent to come into union, reunion as it were, with God and God alone, the Holy Spirit makes up for any measures we might lack. Words do have power, but they are not a magic formula. We don't have to say the right words to get into God's presence. God knows our hearts. God knows our will. And God is strong and powerful above all others, above anything, and can fill in where we lack. So from that place, and I should have said that was verse 8 of Psalm 62, um, as opposed to 61. So from that place, we can trust in God that nothing we can do in our human power or wiles can guarantee our safety, but we can rest in the perfect trust that this is the assurance that our souls will not bear irrevocable damage, that we truly rest we are protected in the very shadow of God's wings and the very comfort of God's embrace. And so from this place, from this place of safety and protection, where we come into the very presence of God, may we be still and listen for the message of God. 
in our Hebrew scripture reading. I really did relate to the writer a lot. Um, talking about vanity in my commentary says vanity in the sense of an incomprehensible situation. Um, and, and I was thinking too, as a useless system that it's unjust and it's unfair and often the wicked seem to reap the rewards that should belong to the righteous, to the good of heart, to so many of us who are trying so hard to do the right thing, to be love, to follow Christ. And yet it seems like those intent on evil and destruction reap the benefits and and we are left with the punishment of the evil. We receive the hardship that they should, in all human justice, be enduring. And the solution that the writer has to this is that because the same fate comes to all of us, we should enjoy our life while we have it and invest our passion into whatever is before us. Another way of thinking about this is to, I think it is like in modern terms, is to be present in the moment, to find joy, joy wherever we are. Um, some other sayings that I've heard, and I'm sure you have too, are bloom or we're planted, this kind of thing. What is more helpful for me to remember Although I certainly believe that there is something to be said for finding joy wherever you are. We just talked about centering ourselves in the only true place of safety, which is the refuge of God. It is more helpful for me to think about this that is useless and unjust as the systems and the rewards and punishments of this world seem to be. We have more than that. We have God's mercy, which is above and beyond any justice that we can conceive of. And we have God's love, which is more reward or fulfillment than we could ever get in recognition from other humans or human systems. And so this is what I hold fast to, my friends. I hope that that is helpful for you, too. All right, now our epistle. I'm glad for the reminder that this is an allegory, that the writer says that, comes out and says that. So often I, I forget that. I forget that that is one of the lenses through which to view so many of the stories in the Bible. I think I would have done well to remember that yesterday when I was struggling with the story of the woman who was the, of the lineage of Israel's enemies and referred to her, you know, Jesus wouldn't answer her and she referred to herself as a dog and all that stuff. I think I would have done well to remember that there are allegories. That there is enough, and we'll get to this in our gospel reading, that there is enough of God's blessing 
that it spills over and the very crumbs gathered up are more than the original amount we gave God. So if we even offer up our meager amount of forgiveness, our meager amount of faith, our meager amount of, of anything, God takes it and makes it enough and turns it into abundant blessing. So I'm thankful for the reminder for today and for yesterday and for all the days. And reading this through the allegory with the translation that the writer so kindly prepares for us. I really think the point here is not to cast non-followers of Christ, as my commentary puts it, or Jewish non-followers of Christ particularly, but I'm saying any non-followers, into a harsh light. But rather, I think it is to remind ourselves of what we were just talking about with respect to the Psalms and to the Hebrew scriptures, that we are not slaves, we are not free. We don't need to to follow in fetters. The door is open. I remember a Bible study of Beth Moore's that I did that it talked about we feel like we're in this cage and we look up and the, the door's open. I was just reading, I took a little break from morning prayer and I was reading um, Untamed by Glennon Doyle and it talks about um, a friend of hers going through an excruciating experience and then looking up and realizing doors open why did I force myself to stay I didn't I didn't have to I think all the time we forget that we're free we tell ourselves that we have no choice and actually we do I did that to myself recently I told myself that the only choice was for me to stay where I was that that was the best thing for my son. But when I prayed and I opened myself up to possibility, I realized that I had more choices and that I'd been using only, only my human knowledge, not my true wisdom, my wisdom that comes from God. In making that decision and I made a new decision and Jack and I are blessed to be moving on to a new adventure and new things change is scary our humanness resists it but God is with us let us not let the enemy make us choose bondage over freedom. God will be with us in the freedom. God will guide us. Take a breath, my friends. Center yourself in God's love. Prayerfully ask of God, what choice are you not seeing? All this I pray in God's name. Amen.
I think it goes greater than this too. It's bigger than just us and our individual decisions. So often we look at the oppressive systems of our society, our country, our churches even, and say there is no hope for this to change. It has been like this for too long and there are too many powerful people perpetuating it. And we defeat ourselves right from the beginning. We don't remember that we are free and we are divine. And and God can make all things possible. So in addition to showing us where we have a choice and we thought there was none, and to showing us where our blessed freedom lies, let us also pray that God show us where God wants us to collaborate with God in a miracle. Let us not limit ourselves by what we think in our limited, to be a bit redundant, understanding is possible. I have faith and I have the hope that comes of trusting in God and believing in God's power working through us and believing in our divine mission as people of action and of God that change can happen. And this I hold on to, for it is not a stagnant hope. It is not a hope waiting for some other actor to make a move. It is the hope born of love and faith and action. And within it, I pray for God to show me my part in the action. What must I do, God? I know, I believe that I am a part of your change, your power, your redemption of the world, your reconciliation and your restitution. So show me, show me the one right next step that I take to be part of that, God. For my tiny bit of effort added to your power, Lord, is immeasurably greater than anything we need in any circumstance. Amen. So when we get to our gospel reading this morning, it is really helpful, I think, to read here about Jesus having compassion for his crowd, for his, for the crowd, for the followers, for they might faint on the way. So he sees that they, they are in need of sustenance before their journey, before they go on having received from God, God's message and mission. And now this story about the fishes and loaves is parallel or like a duble is the way, um, is the poetical term that my commentary uses for it with the one in, in chapter 14. So like just over on the next page for me. So I believe that 
as we talked about or referenced a little bit while we were talking about the epistle reading today, that it is significant that there is more, the leftovers are more than what the people original had originally had. So God's abundance, of course, is still a message. But another message for me today that was particularly meaningful was the message that Christ sees what we need. Christ has compassion on us and Christ gives us sustenance for the journey. God gives us what we need to go forth. So as we talk about moving forth to to be the co-creator of God's perfect sovereignty, of God's kingdom of love and righteousness and justice and, and all of those things for which our souls so desperately yearn, God gives us enough. God doesn't set us like Sisyphus, an impossible task. Even though it might feel like it, we are not in purgatory right now. Sorry, that might have been a bad joke. But rather, God blesses us with what we need for the journey and God sends us forth. And so with that being said, friends, let us be blessed this day and every day to start the day by centering ourselves in God, in God's love, in God's mercy, mercy, in faith, in trust, and in hope. Let us pray as a prayer for mission, the prayer of St. Francis. God, make us instruments of your peace. Where there is hatred, let us sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is discord, union. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. Grant that we may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. Almighty God, giver of all mercies, we, your divine creation, give you humble thanks for all your goodness and loving kindness to us and to all whom you have made. We bless you for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for your immeasurable love in the redemption of the world by our Savior Jesus Christ for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we pray, give us such an awareness of your mercies that with truly thankful hearts we may show forth your praise, not only with our lips but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to your service and by walking before you in holiness and righteousness all our days. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be honor and glory throughout all ages. Amen. Let us bless God. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Savior Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit 
be with us all evermore. Amen. We live without fear, for our Creator has made us holy, has always protected us, and loves us as a good mother loves her children. We go now in peace to follow the good road, and may God's blessing be with us always. Amen.